0: welcome to the social fishing podcast my name is reese creed i'm a passionate angler and i want to share as much as i can about the sport we all love on this podcast we speak to incredible anglers sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge all to help you reach your fishing dreams thanks for joining us today now let's begin Welcome to episode 32 of the Social Fishing Podcast and the world we're living in at the minute is so crazy. We were recording podcasts over summer and we had these bushfires all around us. Now we have the virus and we are still locked inside. This year... Uh, There's been very little fishing happening, especially in my books and all the guys that I know. Fishing has taken a real backseat, but it's all about staying safe, guys, and that's all you need to do in this time. Now, because we've all got cabin fever, we've had some great responses from all you guys that you are really enjoying the podcast because it's giving you your fishing fix. So we will continue to produce these podcasts every week for you. We'll try and get some really good content just to give you that fishing fix for the next couple of months, get you excited for when we can reopen and listen to some stories that will hopefully give you that bit of a good feeling that you get from fishing, even though it's nothing anywhere near the same. We're going to produce as many podcasts as we can to help you guys. Now, in this episode, we are going to be answering your listener questions. So if you've submitted a listener question over the last couple of months, Talis and I are going to sit down and answer them for you. Now, the episode went for a lot longer than I thought because we got right in depth on some of these questions. We have a heap of questions. If you've submitted one over the last couple of months, it will be in this episode. So thank you very much for submitting them. And yeah, we go right in depth. Talis and I answer the questions, but then we get off on tangents and explain stories. They're not tangents, but we talk about some stories and our experiences that relate to that situation, which will hopefully help explain it better. So we've got some really cool um, listener questions to answer. and hopefully you guys can learn something from it and we also are going to announce our new project. If you've been listening to the podcast over the past you know, six months, you will have heard me talk about this new project that was coming out this year. Now, we are going to announce it in this episode. At the end of the episode, we tell us we do talk about it. Now, I'm super excited to finally release it. Now, if you watched the premiere video that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I know a lot of you guys tuned into the premiere video, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't see the premiere video, make sure you listen to the end of this podcast because I will talk about this new project we're releasing, it's going to help you guys catch more fish, and I'm super excited to share it with you. But that's at the end of this episode with the listener questions with Talis Cottrell. Now, before we get into this episode, I don't really often share a whole heap of personal stuff um, just because I don't want to bore you guys, we just talk fishing most of the time, but I will. I do want to let you guys know, uh, for all you the keen followers, supporters, everyone who's out there and listens to the podcast. Uh, my wife and I had our first child only ten days ago, so we introduced a little boy to the world. He's the newest social fishing team member. Uh, he'll be an upcoming awesome fisher. I hope um, his name's Noah, and yeah, he's a new addition to our family. So our first child, little boy Noah, um, super healthy, super happy, and yes, so my life's changing a little bit, but not in terms of creating content for you guys. I'm going to keep punching out this content. But yes, we have a new addition to the family. So I just wanted to... It was a bit of awesome news. So I wanted to share it with you guys, seeing as you guys are dedicated listeners to the podcast. Um, I haven't shared a whole heap of personal stuff at all, really, just because I don't want to bore you guys too much. But I thought I would share that news with you guys. So... Yeah, it's very exciting, new member for the social fishing team up and coming and I'm sure when he gets a bit older, you guys will see him in photos and that as I get him out there on the water and who knows, with having him now, I'll be able to produce a little bit of content on kids uh, and fishing with kids and tips for kids as well as I will experience that in the coming years. So, without further ado guys, let's jump into this episode and talk with Talis Cottrell answering your listener questions. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Tal. Thanks for joining me, mate. No worries at all. Good to be yeah, here. Yeah, it is a little bit, little bit different, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit different. Yeah, no, it seems to be um,
1: a bit harder over the Skype, but uh, it's, yeah, times are tough and we've got, to, we've got to do it these times.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it we've is. been, every single one we've done has been face-to-face, and yep. with the whole virus going around, it's, yeah, we've uh, resorted to doing it over Skype as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's all right. It has to be done, So especially if you're a uh, baby, uh, yeah. You don't want to be getting it around the kids, so that's no, good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's a bit. It's just crazy and that, and that also goes back to the fishing that, that we aren't doing. So, it's hopefully for all our listeners, the last podcast got received real well because, you know, it's people's fishing fix. So, in this episode, we're kind of putting together a mashup of listener questions mixed with a few things and we're going to mm-hmm. tell a bit of, a few stories, you know, to get that bit of a, you know, blood pumping with all of us and get us all g'd up and excited for when we can get out there and have our fishing fix, I guess. Because yeah, you haven't right. fished yeah. for ages, have you? No,
1: not, not for ages, no. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in the same boat, especially if you're from Victoria. Um, they're not allowed to fish at all down there, so I can only imagine how tough that would be. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> so that's hunting as well, eh? Hunting, fishing, yeah. You don't want to let it go anywhere, so. Um,
0: how crazy is it? Yeah, is you know, they, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, let's just talk about COVID for a yeah. second. So you've got the whole thing with the lockdown, everything going on, and now you've got Victoria saying you can't fish, you know, New South yeah. saying you can. Do you reckon that they should just have one set rule for the whole country? Uh, yeah, I or? reckon so. Yeah, it's a bit strange how yeah, you know, on one side
1: of the river, on one side of the bank, you can you can fish, and then because the Murray runs straight <laughs> through the border, so on one side yeah. of the river you can fish, and the other side you can't. You know, that's a, it's a bit you know funny when you think of it like that. But um, yeah. yeah, I reckon there should be just one rule. Um, but and yeah. the
0: funny thing is you can't cross like if you're in victoria you can't cross and fish on this slug you're not allowed out of state that's right
1: yeah that's very true yeah so it's a bit it'd be a bit awkward on the border but um yeah I, I don't know i sort of agree with it um like if it happened here you know you just got to deal with it and um, the fish are still going to be there when it when it comes all all comes good um, yeah so you know it is what it is you just gotta have to deal with it but, um yeah i think staying home is the best option i know going fishing by yourself isn't um yeah, it doesn't hurt much but um you know other people might be fishing with others and we don't want that so
0: yeah you just got to obey the rules at, at the, these tough times yeah so you haven't so new south you're allowed to fish um we are, yep. last I knew that water New South Wales closed their lakes so we can't fish mm-hmm. blaring No, we um, can not so you can't fish small rivers and creeks so would you you haven't been fishing you just haven't, thought, I'll no. stick it out well,
1: the bla uh, to be honest if Blaring was open. I probably would have fished it a couple of times in the last month, but it's closed. The rivers around home are dirty, so I've just yeah haven't been, haven't got the urge to go sort of thing because uh, yeah, like I said, the dams are closed and the rivers are dirty. So yeah, um, yeah, there's not much really, not much action. It's usually a really good time of year for fishing, but um, yeah, uh, I haven't been out myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- as I said in the last podcast, guys, which was last week, I did say probably stay home and don't fish. That's you can right. actually fish. So, yeah. the government says you can. So, if you want to go, there's nothing wrong with that. I haven't been going. Um, If I had a small... Depends how long this this uh, thing lasts for, but if the fishing stays open in New South, I'll probably, there's some private property access to some small waters where I know no one will be. That's right. And if you have the same, that's probably totally fine, obviously. Um, yeah, but use it. your own common sense and and pretty well just, you can either go or not, but just stay away from people. And that's I know right. a lot of us aren't fishing anyway, so. Yeah, that's right. Now,
1: yeah. well, if,
0: if you're going to go, just, you know, keep it to oh, two maximum people
1: and just keep your distance and just, you know, do the same rules you would during the week when you're at work or whatever and yeah mm. just try and keep it to being solo or only two people you know with your family's all right sort of thing yeah definitely have nothing against people fishing but yeah it's if you're going to do it just, time. just be safe
0: it's a scary time
1: eh? i it's, remember yeah, talking so about
0: fires crazy. we were talking about fires in january when we were when yeah, fishing because you yeah. couldn't breathe
1: outside that's right yeah it's um and now it's been yeah a crazy start to the year that's for sure it's not what everyone expected
0: no and mm. and this could go for months which is we're gonna go yeah. from we lost our summer fishing you know around our area we to, did yeah we're gonna lose winter now yeah oh, I, don't I don't
1: know guess. if the are still closed May June like it's all right now the dams aren't usually fish this fish that good this time of year but if it's gonna be closed you know June July when they're really biting
0: it's uh gonna be tough sitting at home <laughs> it's gonna be sad isn't it yeah, it's, it's gonna it's... be tough yeah. Because for those listening, what's your peak prime time to go chasing big winter cod? like mid-May to end of June?
1: I I sort of start, yeah, mid-May and then I like June, I like the month of June because it's sort of, you know, bit still a bit early on, the water's just starting to cool. But uh, June, July is uh, usually the prime time and hopefully
0: the dams aren't shut then. (laughs) Nah, so... And you want to get, and it's not just about you know, oh, they open up at the end of June. Let's go catch them. It's you need to work them out. Like the whole winter is a whole process. It is, yeah, Because um, yeah. they move around, they sit in That's different right. spots, they feed differently. Especially, and I think it's not because the fish are different. I think it's because the water level determines what's going on as well as mm-hmm. the temperature. Yep, totally agree for sure. So you can't just go, let's go catch them. You need to actually spend time out there, yeah, um, yeah. searching, looking at banks. Sure. fishing, seeing how yeah. they're
1: feeding, you know. Yeah. That's why, if if, it, if like I said, if glaring was open now, I was just more keen to get up there and have a look around more than, you know, have, have a solid session, just sort of get up there and have a look around, see what's coming and then you lead into the season sort of knowing the banks, you know, get into a rhythm and then once the prime time hits, you can get stuck straight into them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So cool. for anyone listening, it's if you are after that big winter cod, you're on the hunt for those big fish, it's not a one-trip Process you, you, all, like you no. can go out and do it, you can and just sure. give it a crack in one trip. Like, I remember back when when you were starting to get into it, you know, yeah. when you were pointed in the right direction, you managed to get a big fish still, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: but these yeah. days it's a bit different and a bit, yeah, it's more of a you know, well, you can get lucky fishing, it's all about luck, and you can get luck, lucky straight away, but um, yeah, usually it's going to be you know a few trips before you get that big one.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, but what we'll do now is, yeah, um, it's, this COVID thing is just crazy. But I know it you is. guys out there listening, um, this podcast is a bit of a reprieve from it all because I've, I've had some great messages on the last one, guys saying, yeah, this is my fishing fix for for now. So, we're going to keep pumping them out every week as we can. Um, they'll all be over Skype or over, you know not face-to-face obviously but mm-hmm. we'll keep punching through them now if you guys submitted listener questions over the past six weeks we have got them for you in this episode and we have quite a few to show oh, i'm sorry quite a few to answer to read out and answer um don't we tell there's quite some yep. good ones in here too got so. seven so yeah seven
1: they're, they're good questions too so i'm keen to answer them and um yeah get some answers for some people
0: yeah, so, I'm going to read him out here. We'll start and kick him off straight away. So, I do apologize uh, that it's taken us a while to get to him, but... It's better to do them all in one episode like this um, than to have one one or two here and there. Uh, So, what we've got, the first question is from Michael Evans. Now, Michael has asked tips and techniques for goldens. He says, I'm new to fishing for natives, goldens and silvers, um, one and a half years and got nothing. What is the best advice you can give a beginner? So, uh, it's a very... Now reading this <laughs> question, yes, that's the exact same word I was gonna uh, yeah yep. answer. So it's a very broad question and that question leaves a lot of um, possibilities. So mm-hmm. me coming back, if I was to come back to that question, so hopefully Michael, you're listening and hopefully we can explain this as best as possible. But the first thing I would come back to to narrow down an answer would be um, what style of fishing? So these are big big make big differences in fishing a. Yeah. So you've got what Definitely, style, lure yeah. or bait? where river yeah. or dam mm-hmm. and then what river and dam mm-hmm. um they'd be the two changes. big questions Yeah, changes all over the country so yeah so here we've got goldens and silvers second thing goldens are totally different to silvers um yeah. silvers you will only catch well, i won't say only but 99 percent of the time you'll only get them on bait you, they can't really be they're not a real targetable fish to be no, honest, I'd... the only time you'd target them is in a private dam, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. There's not really many around our area, but
1: I'm not sure about other, other areas. But yeah, I've only caught a couple in my life.
0: Yeah. So, Probably, yeah. Goldens would, yeah, I've caught. Um, so, when uh, the drought broke in 2012, yeah. they stocked silvers in the Lake Albert and Wagga. Um, uh, we were yep. still quite young then. Yep. Uh, well, not quite young, but still we are fishing the lake and um, it filled up and they restocked it and the fish grew really quick and we were catching small silvers and goldens with, you know, nephews and brothers and that. Um, and they were like, you know, 20 centimetres max. Um, and that's the only time we've ever really caught them. But you'd yeah, catch them in amongst the goldens as well. Like they yeah. were just a bycatch. Yeah. But yeah, pretty, pretty similar. Um, so one and fish- a half years got a Pretty cool story where I caught mine. I caught mine in Blaring, which is very yeah. rare. Did you? In yeah, Blaring?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, rare. When I was real real young, just fishing for yellows, small yabbies. Um, you know where the boys are near the wall there? Yeah. And yeah, you got two in, like, two casts. So. No why? Yeah. And my old man hasn't even caught it. Uh, and they're big? This, so. Oh, no, nah, they weren't very big, but it must mean just, like, a little school there of them, and yeah, it got two in a row. So That's crazy.
0: Um, they, well, they, they always said That's
1: pretty rare. Yeah, 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 very yeah. rare. But
0: it doesn't mean they're not there because they are stocked in good numbers. So they're probably just That's one it. of the main food source for cod, I reckon. That'd be they're,
1: yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, no, I doubt there'd be many left now. People
0: would catch them if they're there. You'd think yeah. so? yeah, true. But then again, I don't know how many people. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess the old man fishes with small baits. Um, oh, a lot of people would, in Blaring would fish with
1: small, small yabbies. So yeah. if they were there, people would catch them. So I, I doubt there's many left in there to be honest.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, they obviously put them in every year, and then they probably get smashed. By big god, yeah. yeah. So that's right, yeah. back to the question: one and a half years and got nothing. What's the best advice you can give a beginner? So we'll talk about goldens. Um, let's let's touch on bait and lure. I'll give a bit of advice on bait fishing, and then tell you can give a bit on lure. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk both river and dams. So I'll start by explaining goldens um, on bait in rivers and dams. So if you're in a river. Goldens depends on the section of the river you're in. Some areas have a really high concentration of fish and some don't because golden perch move around a lot. And because of weirs and walls that have been put in it, it pushes fish into different sections pretty much. So first you've got to work out, is there goldens in the area you're fishing? For example, on the Murrumbidgee, because I can relate to that, if you fish below Bed Weir, which is just upstream of Narandra. Below it is caked full of goldens. There are so many because they swim upstream to spawn. They hit the wall and they stop. If you fish the upstream side of that wall, you will not catch a golden perch. You'll be very lucky to find one. Even as you move closer to Wagga, which is, I'm thinking, like 60 k's of river, probably more, you will start to see one for every cod, maybe. Like, that's very rare. But then you get to the top of the Bidgey, up back towards Burenjuck, um, and then you've got a lot more again because they move upstream. So, first of all, you need to work out if there are goldens in the area. If there are goldens there, I would be concentrating on willow trees, and this is bait fishing. Willow trees and any spindly trees, any spindly timber that yep. comes out into the river, um, they'll they'll school around that spindly stuff. Shade is good, um, and yeah, also your willow trees. Now another thing with the goldens is I prefer a sunny day, um, and Tal will probably agree. I do. Yeah. Especially with lure fishing, bait fishing, um, I wouldn't not as it doesn't really matter but it still probably would help but something to do with golden perch on a sunny day they feed so much better but in the shade so you've still got to be in the shade but if you've got sunlight it must be the reflection that flashes off the lures or something that triggers them you get a lot more follows and a lot more hits and a lot more fish on a sunny day bright warm sunny day um So, bait fishing-wise, they'd be the structures I'd fish. I'd fish with worms and yabbies. If you've got a yabby, smaller ones, crush the yabby, put it on the hook. Little small bait holder hooks, size 2 bait holders um, is all you need and a little bit of weight to get it down. Now, if you're in a dam... Uh, dams are different again. You can bait fish on your rocky points and in your standing trees. If you're on a rocky point, you can either be on the bank, you cast your yabby out and leave it there. Um, if you're in a boat, you can fish standing trees, drop your yabbies to the bottom and just slowly wind them back up or just bob them slowly. That's a pretty standard technique and a technique your old man uses, towel is, is actually... Casting yabbies like a lure um, on rocky points. So you're, you're casting yeah. it out as if you were fishing a soft plastic yabby or a ZX blade. Mm-hmm. You just cast it exactly. out and just 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 slow hop it along the rock So that it would be if you're bait fishing for goldens. Now tell if you were lure fishing for goldens. Um, yeah. We've got some tips for rivers and yeah, a for few sure. tips for dams.
1: Yep, Roddy. Right so in rivers, um, I like I like noise, uh, jackal tea and 60s. Um, you can change the hooks um, just to singles so they don't snag up as much in the rivers where it's snaggy. Um, but I like noise, flash. Um, they're an aggressive fish, so they're, they're going to sit in spots where you can ambush, like sp- spindly trees, um, and, um, yeah, they'll be in- around all sorts of structures. So, yeah, if, if you can use noise um, to, to lure them out, and um, just remember in the rivers if you, when you're casting, a lot of the times, because they're such an aggressive fish, if you get a hit, or if as long as it doesn't they don't hook up and you lose him if you get a hit like a tap always cast back exactly the exact cast you just done because they'll come back 90% of the time and um, even if it, I've, I've had fish before where you'll get hit four times before you hook up so that's a big yep. tip always just and try and um, cut, do the exact same cast you have done um, sometimes if I get a hit um, pretty deep, and I know he's going to come back. So when I read casts, I don't want to snag up. So sometimes I'll just keep the lure high in the water column. And because the fish has just tried to hit it, he'll be active and, you know, looking for it to come back. So mm-hmm. just the first cast, keep it high in the water column so you don't snag. If he doesn't come, then just keep going deeper and deeper until, you know, you might get back down to where he was. But a lot of the time, even if you have it near the surface, the fish, because he's active and hungry, he'll, he'll because um, yeah, he's already hit your lure, he'll come up um, pretty high in the water column to hit it. Yep. Um, favourite lures, yeah, small spinner baits, ounce, Um, just with a single Colorado, that's my favourite yellow belly lure, um, for my area. And yeah, yep. the Jackal Tan sixties and hard bodies, um, between sixty and eighty mil. Yeah, nice. And for dams, uh, yeah, with the dams, pretty similar to the bait. Uh, you'd sort of target the same areas because that's where they live. Um, but uh, yeah, just more casting, um, ZX blades. You know, just trying to imitate what they're feeding on in blaring at yabbies um so the zx baits work well plastics and you know little uh, plastic bait fish bait fish imitations work well too yeah that's about it for the dams, yep. but it's, it's and pretty similar to the bait fishing, like you just explained.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And you, we did a podcast on fishing standing trees. So if you want more it info did. on how to fish standing trees for yellows, yep. um, so in dams, go check that out because we went right in depth on the technique we there. Did, so yeah, and, that, and that's probably the most deadly technique when
1: fishing for yellows in
0: dams for sure. Yeah, yeah, even more so than just throwing a bait out. Hey, it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's um, Roland grabs up trees. Now, Michael, and for anyone else out there who's listening, if you want to learn more about chasing golden perch in dams with lures, if you want to learn more about lure fishing, you haven't had success, um, we've just briefly scratch the surface here yeah. but I would highly recommend check out the complete guide lure fishing series we created the golden perch in dams um, series it goes right in depth on both trolling casting all sorts of techniques and if you want to learn about fishing for them in rivers check out the murray Cotton and golden perch in rivers tutorial series so yep. highly recommend Perfect. both of those sure. um, tails heads on the cover of the golden perch one so <laughs> not hard to miss <laughs> yeah that was a good yellow, though, that one. But it um, was a, yeah, that was a good trip, that one. So, yeah, there's plenty of content in there, so go check that yeah, out. Um, more than what we've covered, anyway. Yeah, way <laughs> more. Yeah, that's only on the surface, but anyway. Question two, tell. Um, mm-hmm. It is from Blair Jones. Can you just read that one out, mate? What colour would you recommend for the Ignite Cod Furies? So, what, I'll let you answer first. Yeah, right, um, How many colours is there all up? Is there seven? Uh, there's seven, including, yeah, the Ghost. Yeah, right, yeah, Which is a newer, newer color, isn't it? Yeah. So there's the six standard ones, and then you've got yep. the the white one. White
1: one, yeah, sweet. Um, I like them all, and I've fished them all. I've caught fish on all. Um, I've caught my biggest fish on the perch, and probably caught mm-hmm. the most fish on the perch color. It's you can't really go wrong with it. It's probably um, the most natural. Um, represents red fin, so I like fishing it in the, the day. Um, when I, when it comes to night fishing, it doesn't really worry me what i use it's more about the vibration that the plastic gives more than the color mm-hmm. um but yeah just in the day the natural ones like the two trout colors the perch um the redfin the red the redfin sorry yeah yeah it's yeah. that that um they all do the job in the day and then yeah in night, i'm not too fussed but um the new white one i haven't fished too much but i can't i'm keen to start using that because i like using white in at night
0: yeah So yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Totally agree because mm-hmm. they've all got a natural base color. Agree, um, yeah. They've all got this gray sort of base um, color, which is really yeah. cool. My favorite is the rainbow trout yeah. only because it's been one of my most successful, but it's because we fish blaring mm-hmm. and blaring has a lot of ra- uh, a lot of trout. So, yeah. rainbow is my go-to in blaring. If you were to fish Eildon uh, in the winter, I would go rainbow as well. If you were to fish yeah. All the other lakes, um, especially in summer times, I'd be looking at your red fin pattern, your perch pattern, or the carp. carp like you can't yeah, go sure. wrong with the carp. No, 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 um, no. And the SF special is good as well. But favourite wise, uh, mine would be rainbow yep. uh, trout. And what'd you say your favourite if you had one? be the red the
1: pig? Fin. It'd be the red the fin. The red But, but, but um, yeah. yeah, like I said, it's not about the colour. A lot of people, think, you know, get real picky about the colours, but I'm not not for that. I just reckon it's um the action and the vibration
0: that the lure yep. gives off more than the colour. 100. Yeah, 100%. Um, Question three, we'll move on. Luke Gilbert um, is from Seymour. Um, His question is, lately while fishing on surface, I have had a few cod come right up to lure and shy away and then whatever I do, I can't get them to come back. I was with a mate and he does a fair bit of fly and said the cod are rejecting that lure, which makes sense. So, the question, I guess, if you are a cod fish, so if you're a cod um, and the fish rejects a lure, what's the game plan? Straightaway change? If so, to what? Another color, different pattern of surface, subsurface, or rest the spot and come back? Would you really be interested... Oh, he'd be very interested in hearing our thoughts. Okay, so we're talking about a cod with surface fishing. The cod comes up and rejects the lure. What do we do? Do we change? Do we throw a different lure? Do we yeah. come back? I'll let you have a crack at that first, yeah, time. Yeah,
1: um, To be honest, I haven't had that happen to me much in the day, especially because I don't really fish surface in the day too much. So I um, have, haven't actually had a cod come up and, and do that. But he's um, probably right. It's hard to – if I had a cod come up and it's usually – if he's rejecting it at the boat, he's probably seen the boat and pretty rare for him to come back in um, – In the dams, I'd say But in rivers, it'd probably be different Um, You probably could get them to come back Because like in rivers, if they have a surface strike And um, you recast, they'll come back But in dams, I find that if you miss a surface strike It's rare for them to come back Um, Yeah, Yeah. I'd probably It'd be hard to help yourself to to recast the lure um, To try and see if you'll come back again Um, But yeah, them two options Changing the lure Going back to subsurface could work Mm-hmm. Um, and also, and then you could just try subsurface, and then if that doesn't work, give it a couple of hours and come back, and um, yeah, yeah, try a different lure or something like that. But yeah, what do you reckon?
0: So my thoughts: uh, if it's daytime, right? Mm-hmm. If a fish hits the lure, it wants it, right? I would throw the same lure yep. in the same spot, yep. keep going, and I would we fish small creeks, and it can take twenty casts from to come back. Sometimes yep. they don't, sometimes they do. So, that's, that's in the daytime. That's if they hit it. If they come up and they do a boil under it or they mm. don't quite hit it but they break the surface, it, it, it could mean one of two things. It could mean they're interested. It could mean they got scared themselves. Um, it means they're obviously right. not fully committed because when they're fully committed, they just smash the absolute yeah. living daylights out of a surface lure. Yeah. So, I would... If they didn't quite commit, I'd continue to cast the same surface lure. Now, to me, it depends on if I want to catch the fish or if I want to catch it on surface. If I want to catch it on surface, I'll probably keep throwing the same surface lure and if it doesn't work, I might change from a paddler to a wake bait or vice versa, depending on what lure I was using. If I just wanted to catch the fish, I would change to a hard body pretty quickly, like if I... Yep. just wanted to get it, I'm in a yep. creek or a river, I just swap straight to our body within five casts if I wanted to. That usually isn't the case when I fish because usually when I'm using top water, if I've got a bit of activity on top water, I'm going to stick with it because yep. my whole plan was to get one on top water. Yep. Um, it. So it all depends is if they hit it, if they actually have a crack at it, I'd keep going. If they swirl and miss it, They could be being a little bit territorial or a little bit odd or they're just not fully committed. But sometimes we throw up to 20, 25 more casts in the spot. Now, this is when we're on the bank um, in a creek or a river where we're not moving. In a boat in the dam, you can usually get a couple more casts in but you usually drift that quick that you ruin the spot um, unless you can hold yourself out. Uh, In an impoundment, they're probably not going to come back if it's deep. um, You've probably missed your chance. Have you ever had a cod come back after a miss hit? In an empowerment or in a yeah. river? No,
1: in in a, in an empowerment.
0: Um, yeah, okay. So there was once with you. you with, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. I was just about to say that. That just came to me then. Yeah, yeah. Once your, with is you. Is that your only
1: time? Yeah, yeah. And he was a
0: smaller smaller fish, wasn't he? And it was shallow and Mm. he was sitting on a log. So that fish I cast to on a big long cast on a log on a moonlit night and I could just see the top of it and it was probably two meters deep. And I wound it a couple and he hit it. And then I killed the electric motor and I did two more casts and the third cast, the log was basically, the boat had almost touched it, we've drifted onto it and he hit it right beside the The boat boat on the log. So he didn't know the boat was there. He still hit it in the same spot, but we drifted yeah. because I killed the Leckie, and he come back, but he was sitting on the same bit of structure, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing yeah, you haven't had one come back.
1: No, I haven't. Only at Barranjac where I got them couple of good ones on the surface, but it was shallow um, in summer. It was yes, but remember how I, I had a real big one, 90 plus. It smashed me straight up, rolled it past standing timber, got destroyed. Felt the hooks, and then. Um, I kept casting, and he come back and swirled me six times, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm sure. There's a video of it anyway. But and then more, y- he the hit you
0: the week after again.
1: He did. Yes. No, remember? he didn't hit me. Sorry, he swirled he again, again. So the one hit that he destroyed me, like should have got him anyway. I um, then he swirled six times, and the next weekend.
0: He swelled he, twice. He
1: still remembered. He, yeah, two or three times he swelled, and he still remembered that hit. So, and we've about to get the same fish because of where I was fishing. So you reckon he remembered yeah. the for hooks. sure? For, yeah, for sure. And I tried subsurface, and I tried everything, but um, yeah, subsurface didn't work at all. He just kept swelling under the lure. So he was a smart fish that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had hooked him straight up, it would have been right. But yeah, he's that's obviously right. learned his lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So do you reckon the swirls were him wanting to eat it and then not or him just looking at it and trying to get rid of it because I'm not a huge believer in cod being territorial because uh, like I've got one in the tank and and they just they just swim away like they'll swim away or like the, yeah. yeah they are they are territorial in the spring but outside mm-hmm. of spring and this was outside of spring do you reckon he was just trying to shoo it away or because um, his initial his oh, initial hit could have been hunger, or it could have been territorial. That initial one.
1: True, I, I reckon the initial one would have been hunger. Hunger, and then, exactly. and then um, sort of after he he w- he just wanted to know. He yeah he, he wanted it still, he but learning. he knew. Yeah, he knew. He just knew what was up. He wa- I think he still wanted it, but um, he, he just knew what was up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting, uh, I, eh? I when you look back and think, or you think back and you go of all these different things that happen, you still just truly can't work them out, eh? That's it, yeah. (laughs) So, as a summary to that question, um, I'd continue to throw the same lure a couple of times depending on how they hit it. Um, If it's an aggressive hit, I'd definitely throw the same lure. Mm -hmm. If you feel hooks or um, Mm -hmm. if they hit it but don't come back, I'd go back like you said we went back a week later there and he was there we with chris in that creek in the in the surface tutorial in the complete guide. oh that's a,
1: that's a good story We should talk about that yeah
0: oh um, he, so what happened he missed he missed it didn't he well well there was two so there was the first fish before the sun went down chris cast um, and was winding back out under under the willow and it hit him and two casts later, it hit him again. So, that was just a fish that hit, missed, come back again and he got it. And then later on in the night, he, he had a massive hit. and We got this all on yeah. camera. He had this massive hit from this big fish and did he feel hooks? No. No. No, he hit. didn't feel hooks but it was a big hit and he kept casting. So, he used the same lure because yeah. the fish come out and I think he did another 20, 30 casts and nothing. Not. Yeah not a thing and we went upstream and luckily we had to come back past the spot later and it was an hour and a half nearly two hours later and first cast bang you come back on the same same lure lure, wasn't it same lure yep so that's that's going to show leave it for a couple of hours and come back and you know they could change Mm. because Now that you're thinking of this, not related to surface fishing, but related to fish, I was fishing on the, we're on the Murrumbidgee and I'm going back a few years now, I was with Jack and we come up to this willow tree, right? This is summer, water was flowing pretty quick, it's just a a, a standard trip where you catch a bunch of small fish, like we weren't chasing big fish. Come to this willow tree, had an opening in it and I cast inside the opening and wound the lure out and I got hit on the very edge of the willow and when I was talking to Jack, I was like, there's got to be yellows in here and this, this thing was just a tap, just a tiny tap and I'm like oh yeah. that was a yellow, told you and so I'm like All right, I'll do it again, cast back into the willow tree, wind, 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 it got out of the gap of the willow, hit the current this is too dirty for me to see anything yeah. hits the current, comes out closer to the boat about 2 metres from the willow right against the boat and I got jammed again but this was a good hit and then I looked down and there was this About a meter, I reckon he was spot on a meter cod sitting about an inch under the surface facing upstream, didn't see the boat, didn't know what was going on and then I said to Jack, do not move because if we moved, he would have seen us and within about two tail beats, he turned his head back towards the willow and cruised out around the back of the log and we thought, we'll keep casting. We peppered that spot but he... He wasn't there. He'd swam around the back. Because he'd come out away from his structure, he swam and went around the back. So, he wasn't in the ambush spot anymore. So, he wasn't actually there. He was super hungry. And we left and we come back two hours later and first cast into the log, he absolutely smoked the spinnerbait and just took off around the back of a wall. Jack hooked and he didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I went to cast and I hit the edge of the willow tree and Jack's like, oh, I'll have a crack and threw it straight in there. And he he jammed it and just took off and snapped him. Oh, but, it. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Probably one of the coolest one yeah experience that yeah. was and we knew he was there and we knew he was big. Mm. But we cast at him about fifteen times initially after that second hit. But he wasn't actually there. So sometimes when you mm. get a surface hit, I'm just thinking, when you get a surface hit Especially if it's away from their structure, the fish could be a bit unsettled, and they could go off down to the bottom of their timber and not be feeding. You know what I mean? That's and it right. might take them half an hour settle their nerves or whatever they do, yes. and then they move back up into the feeding zone. Yeah. You know that's what I right. mean? And that's, that's what probably would happened
1: with Chris. Chris's. Yeah, story. exactly.
0: Yeah. He would have so went, went. He just
1: would have went. straight when I got scared, went straight down to the deepest part deep. of the hole, and just yep. sort of dug his head in there and sort of thought, you know, got a bit scared, and then, you know, he would have realised everything was all good and come back out ready to feed again. Exactly, but, um, but some fish will adjust quicker. You know, some fish will go down. Especially you know, small in the, in ones the, in the dam. They might, you know, go down and not not feed for two or three days. But then others mm. will. Um, like Chris has readjust in a couple of hours and they'll be back. So you just got to try your luck. You better off just just going back and trying. It won't hurt. Um, yeah, exactly. You What's know, worst that can happen.
0: Exactly. So, Luke, hopefully that goes a little bit more in-depth with your question. Hopefully, it sort of helps a little bit. Um, next question is from Jacob Condello. Uh, now, Jacob has said, um, first of all, he said, hey, mate, thank, first off, great content. Um, he's enjoying the content, which is good. Thank you very much, Jacob. Um, I'll start off. So, the question is about safety. Um, he said, I recently had a run-in with a huge brown snake whilst trying to fish this creek. As I don't have access to a boat, I mainly fish rivers, creeks, and dams from the bank, which is obviously snake territory. I know I probably sound like a little bit of a wuss here, but I've got a young family to think about, and that's totally, totally understandable. And I was about an hour away from the nearest hospital. It really shook me. up being so unaware of how close it was. So, I guess my question is, what are your general tips for safety while fishing, e.g. footwear, clothing, repellents, jumping in to retrieve lures, etc.? Now, it's a really awesome question. It's a good question. That's yeah. not actually fishing related. I really, really like that question because I myself... Um, not a real fan of snakes at all and I understand the circumstances of where we are. You get bitten, you pretty well got a slim chance of surviving so it actually makes what we do quite dangerous Sometimes. Yeah. but there are things that we use in terms of clothing that pretty well protect us. So, what's your general outfit, Tal, if you're walking a bank, say for cod or trout or, yeah. you know? Um, I'm not the best with snake gear but in summer, it's more my <laughs> mum telling
1: me to wear it than than me, but uh, Mum bought us um, Hunter's Element snake gaiters, and they're mm-hmm. they're re- really good. They f- they're comfy, they fit well, um, and so yeah, tell me, me they're what's they're a snake light. gaiter for those who don't know. Uh, so it just goes a bit to from your the top of your shoe to your knee, um, and it's just if a snake bit you there, um, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't get through. Which is really the only spot a snake's gonna bite you unless you're crawling around rocks and using your hands. But um, yeah, if you're used to solid boots that they can't bite through the boot and then the snake go slip over your shoes and up go up to your knee, you're going to be pretty safe.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like a sock saver but way thicker and longer. Yeah, they,
1: then they can't bite through it, nah.
0: Yeah. So I've got ones that wrap around and they zip up and Velcro on the side. Yeah, that's um, what mine you, do too, yeah. Yep. And you yep. clip them onto the top of your boot. Um, yep, and mine then, do the same, yep. And they just sit there pretty much um, mm-hmm. and they're really good. So one, they keep the thistles, bindies, all that stuff yeah, that's out true. of your boots. Yeah, um, and boots. We use shorts in summer on the Tumut when we're backwater fishing. That's probably the most dangerous snake territory I fish. Um, it would be. I, and, I, I
1: think there. It sounds a bit bad as well, but I, I sort of like to think about if you if you're fishing around Tumut, you're going to be pretty right. But if it's, it's more when I go hunting or up to a, a, an isolated creek way up in the bush where I think yep. about it more because if, if you get bitten, if you get bitten in Tumut, you know, you're going to be pretty right. But if I got bitten in Adjambili or um, where I go hunting i'd be no chance so
0: yeah especially
1: when i'm by myself a lot of times i'm hunting by myself i know which isn't fishing but um even when i'm fishing by myself up in the creeks that's what yeah that's when you got to be real serious about it because if you did happen
0: to get bit with no gear on you'd be screwed yeah, yeah, exactly. So, first of all, get some good footwear. I actually use, because um, we do a lot of walking in the water, I use wading boots. So, they're yeah. actually boots that are built to go over your waders um, and I use waders which are the waders and then the neoprene. They've got a neoprene sock on them and the sock goes into the boot. Um, and so, what I do is I wear those boots with a pair of neoprene socks and it's because they're waterproof. So, if you're looking, if you do a lot of in the water, out of the water, they're a really good idea. Um, so, I wear them and then the snake gator over the top um, yeah. and then that protects you up to your knee like you said. The other thing is, you know, most snakes run away from you so just you want to tread lightly depending on where you are but you you do have to watch what you're doing. Um, you do have to be careful. Uh, also be careful yeah. especially if you go into tiger snake country because most browns will run away from you that some will attack but tigers, yeah. tigers are a real good fan of coming at you. And the other thing to think about is if you're really, really worried with snakes is you can get a thing called a PLB which is a personal location beacon um, and you have to have them offshore. They're also the offshore models which are sort of bigger and more advanced for boats are called EPIRBs but yeah. you can get PLBs which are smaller and they go in your backpack or whatever and you can register them and basically set them off if you were to get bitten and I don't know what the process is, but I'm pretty sure you yeah. either will have a chopper or something comes yeah, to be you good. because it's a, it's an emergency yeah. distress unit. So, yeah. you would register it so they know it's yours, and once it's set off, they would emergency services would try to get to you somehow. Right. Um, and yeah. obviously, when you're fishing, so it'd why. probably be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's something that's something to think about. Um, depending on how, I and mean, they're only I think they're only 180 or 200 bucks. I could be lying, but they're they're not cheap and they're not okay. ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, and they're small, so they're like a UHF size. Yep. Cool. Um, Another thing yeah. with safety, um,
1: it's not snake related, but I carry a first aid kit most of the times when I'm fishing um, in the creeks and stuff. Not really. Actually, I carry one in my boat as well. A yep. first aid kit and then a, a, just a little one, little little bag it is in my backpack if I go on there for a fish or a hunt.
0: Jeez, so, you made me proud, Tal. I'm so surprised.
1: Yeah, no, it's mum, it's mum telling me too, but anyway, I do.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you forget nearly everything else.
1: Yeah, no, it's usually just stays in my backpack. I don't take it out, so
0: yeah,
1: um, chuck it in my camera bag or something like that. So, yeah. It yeah. doesn't hurt to chuck it in there. Like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever used it, but never know. One day I might have to, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for those of you who don't know how to wrap a snake pro- properly, um, you, what you want to do is you want to wrap... I think do you wrap the bite and then you wrap up towards your heart. Do so you wrap pretty it away sure? From yeah, it. Yep. yeah. So you wrap you wrap the bite and then wrap back towards. So if yep. it's on your forearm. You right back up, wrap it back up yep. towards your shoulder, and you wrap it firm but not ridiculously tight. Yeah. Yep. I think the key is
1: just not try not to move. If if you can get someone to come to you more than, um, yeah, you just don't want to get the blood pumped around your body. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. just try try and stay calm. I know it'd be hard. And, not many people have been in that situation, but yeah, trying to yeah. stay calm and stop it from pumping in your body, but. Yeah, exactly. hopefully, hopefully, none of us have to yeah,
0: be in that situation anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Hopefully, that helps with that, Jacob. Hopefully, a bit of info there. Uh, the next episode is from Stephen Halpin. Thank you for sending in your message, mate. Um, he's got two parts to this question. Um, How do you feel about bait fishing for natives? I'm keen to get my son and some of his mates onto some fish. I suspect fishing the bidgie with bait might be the one way to go. However, a guy in my local tackle shop who was a top bloke wasn't keen when I ask for advice. I'm a novice fisher, but I can't see how catching a couple of fish on bait using circle hooks is any more harmful to the fishery than a more experienced angler catching 20 plus cod on lures. P.S. I've got the boys chucking lures too. That's awesome to hear. Um, And the other part of his question is asking to get for us to get some female anglers on the podcast, and I'm really glad you sent that through, Stephen, because we are definitely, definitely going to do that. So stay tuned, and we will have some sure. females on in future episodes very soon. Hopefully, hopefully in the next couple. So sure. going back to the first one, um, I just want to touch on that you weren't given advice from someone. That's pretty sad in a fishing industry, really, because. People should be trying to help anyone get into fishing any way you can, and it's definitely not bad to bait fish. There is nothing wrong with bait fishing at all. Everyone starts
1: um, bait fishing, so, yeah. Yeah. It's how how we will start, and we've all done it. We've all been there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the gateway to getting into lure fishing. Sure. Yeah,
0: and there's nothing wrong with it. There are there are some, they're not dangers, but some fish don't survive if they are hooked deep. But there are hooks that you can use that drastically reduce that. And if you're going to get your kids into a lifelong passion, and even if they just bait fish forever, they don't lure fish, there is nothing wrong with that at all. So, right, I'm glad man. you asked the question, mate. Um, and we are actually going to have a bait fishing episode coming up very soon, a dedicated episode on that. So, we won't yeah. go into depth in this, but we will... Touch on a couple of things. Um, Bait in the Bidgee, yeah. So you're based in Canberra, it would be the way to go, hundred percent. If you want to get the kids to catch a fish, you would bait fish over lure fishing, Um, and I'd say that pretty much in most places, especially if you're just getting into it. Um, And then with your your hooks, I mean, I know you've mentioned circle hooks there. I would be look at a hook called a wide gap hook. Probably a 2 It looks similar to a circle hook but slightly different, and it has a really good hook up rate um, on cod. With yellows, probably bait holder hooks in like a size 2 or a 1, but then they will deep hook a cod or a, or a yellow at some time. So, just the way to avoid that is just to keep tight line and watch your rods. Um, stay close to them when you get bites, just strike. And with bait, um, if you're chasing... Because there's a lot of carp around too and carp's perfect to get your kids onto. So, I would use things like bread or corn. Just get he, some. he said for fishing for natives, so maybe he's just oh, keen to get na- natives more than carp. Yeah, okay, righto. Yep, I missed that. Thanks, alright. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, if we're fishing for... Na- yeah, so bait fishing for natives. All right. So, if you've got your wide so gap you, hook...
1: probably trying to keep the carp off the line. So, you know, your, yeah, yabbies, yeah. your yabbies more than your worms
0: sort of thing. Yes. So, it'd be your yabbies and... I'd use, you could use your cheese for your cod. Yeah. You won't get carp on that at all. Just get a block of cheese, chop it up into cubes and just pin it on the end of the uh, wide gap hook. And yabbies are probably the go-to or bardie grubs. Yep. Um, You'll still get carp on your grubs, but... And then your spots, you just want to pick your slower spots in yeah. against structure, but you still want a little bit of flow close by. Otherwise, it'll just be carp. Um, so, you want some sort of movement not far from where you bait fish. But what we'll do, Stephen, is we'll put together a... And for anyone else who's keen on bait fishing, we're going to do a full episode on bait fishing. So, there's a few little tips there for now, but we'll go right in depth in an episode very soon.
1: Sounds good. Uh, we'll Do you want to on touch on the, the dams Bait fishing Or I think he's just more talking about Well we'll ribic. touch on that We'll touch on that yeah, in no, the Because um, there's definitely um, Some good fishing you had Using bait in dams Yeah so, 100% I mean, I've, um, This is just the way I've grown up But I've never used um, Bait in rivers But always used Bait in dams So When you were younger I mean, Yeah that's just how Our dad's brought me up He never used Bait in the rivers He's just always thought that Lewis will catch more fish In the rivers Which I still agree um it, yep. it is is usually the case and then in the dams uh, bait can um yeah produce some pretty good numbers.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. So we'll go right in depth on that in a future episode. Yep, sounds good. So the next question mate is from Heath Mcwert. Oh, mate, I'm really sorry for pronouncing I'll just say it's from Heath mate, you know who it is. I apologize <laughs> for the surname. Um yeah, I'm not even going to try, but Heath has sent through a message. Um now, Tao, can you read that one out?
1: Yeah, when the river is running really high versus really low, how do you change your tactics? It's
0: a big question.
1: It is. Yeah, the short tactics, question but it's a big question. Yeah, but yeah, it is. there's a lot we can talk about with this, um but
0: yeah, your tactics definitely do change, no doubt about that. So, you'll you answer one and I'll answer the other. Right, yeah. We'll, and um, we'll I'll fish talk a lot about a low it. river and we're going to base it we'll base it on lure fishing I'm going to say bait fishing there's not much of a change so we'll nah, we'll yep. talk lure fishing I'm hoping that's the question you've asked Heath yep. um and he's from Griffith so he's probably thinking of the Murrumbidgee at Yanko Way um right, yeah. which which does get low so you got the low pool water um slow stuff basically the same as what you fish up top yep. it's just it's it's going to be dirtier water yep. so it's not as clear and then I'll I'll touch on how how to fish high because I've fished that whole section of river that Heath's probably talking yep. about um, when it's flowing high. So yep, sounds go good for it. Um When it's low, it's all about just picking
1: because there's obviously less water, so the, the fish are going to be in more obvious spots, I seem to find. So um, it's all about just knowing your structures, knowing um, that if, if there is a little bit of current, always go to the current and try and just, yeah, trying to know your structures really helps because... Um, the fish are going to be, yeah, it's going to be more obvious where they're going to be sitting um, because it's lower. And yep. yeah, sort of um, just use spinnerbaits, hard bodies, um, and you can cover a lot of water when it's low because um, you don't have to sort of, you don't have to, you can only have one or two casts, you've, you know, you sort of covered the hole because there's less water. So,
0: yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, Although, it makes it
1: easier. Like, I love fishing when it's low compared to when it's high.
0: Well, I reckon so I know what you've said there, but I sort of beg to differ. A couple of spots is when it's low, you're covering more good water, but then sometimes it takes you a bit longer because you can fish the stuff that's all underneath, and your retrieves can come all the way back. Don't you think? Because that's you've got true. Tim- timber everywhere, so you 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 can actually yeah. have a lot more cast if you want to fish it thoroughly, or do you not? Yeah, no,
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, it, it, you're in the strike zone for longer, really. So which yes. makes it probably better.
0: Um, yes it does 100%. Of,
1: yeah, it just opens up the whole river more than just when when it's high efficient, you know, a lot tighter to the bank.
0: Yeah, which um, is the, the, on the current
1: the current yeah, you can touch on it. Yeah, the current will be Yeah, no, so know, you're strong, the current will be stronger um, in the middle of the river. Um yep. and the little slower pockets close will be better. Um, but when it's low, it, it um, opens up all, all the snags throughout the whole river.
0: So when it's low, do you sort of st- sort of hold out a little bit, put your cast in against what you can see on the bank, but you yep. you want to then let it sink and wind it all the way back and bounce it over whatever yeah. you can see down deep? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Try, try to hold back as much as you can, especially when um, you think there's
1: structure underneath you. The more structure yep. you're going over, the better it's going to be. And a hard body works really well when it's De- low, it doesn't does it? It does, for sure, Yep. Because yep. it'll it, hold... It, it'll, 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 it'll crash drive if, if you're fishing, you know, two or three metres of water, which you will be when it's low. Um,
0: it'll get down there pretty quick and then it'll just hold um, along the structure. Yep. And then cast. if we compare it to high water, um, this is where you got that issue of you've got fast water out where we are, like out where the boat is or out, you know, in the middle of the river, there's more water on top because it's flowing quicker, you can't fish a hard body slowly once you get it out, you know, or a spinnerbait because it just the water pushes the lure up. Fast water will push a spinnerbait up in the water column, um, and with a hard body, it just it'll just pick them up and drift them downstream. And you can't fish slowly over the top of that submerged log. Like if you pause it, it just gets washed away. Um, That's right. Yeah. You can't get it down. You can't keep it there. So the only key structure when it's flowing is up against the bank. Yep. The slower so, pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tighter to the edge where your mm-hmm. slow water is, where your structure is. And sometimes those pockets can be tiny, like a like a half a metre circle in behind a root ball yep. on a log. Like and you will get if you're fishing the Bidgey Heath out the Griffith way, you, you're gonna get a lot of those pockets in your irrigation season. So from uh, so, so we won't talk about spring because we, we don't chase cod, but from cod opening right through till now. It was about a m- three weeks ago when they slowed down the flows. Um, so, it's about mid-March usually, start of March is high water and you want to be casting I love a spinnerbait for that because... You, you're casting directly to the bank or the structure on the bank and you need to get it to sink. You need to let it sink in against the root ball, in against the structure and bang, they're going to hit it straight away. That's it. Yeah. Whereas the hard body... Yeah, sort
1: of, you're quick, fishing a lot quicker. So you sort of cast in there, let it sink down and then a lot of the time because it's all quick and not very productive water near the boat, you just get it out of there straight away.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you're from the bank, if you're from the bank, you're just fishing the pockets. You don't even cast it. out into the current. Right. Yeah. Really?
1: Sort of, it's a lot of it, sometimes you can even just you're just dropping it over the edge and then just let it flutter down. It's where a collar uh, blade works well because you can let it flutter flutter down in the slow pockets and then um it's a same for fishing from the boat, just get it out of
0: there quick and, and make another cast. Exactly. Yeah. And then to touch on a different style of fishing which would be trolling. I used to do a lot of trolling in high flows in summer out this way on the Bidgey and it was super successful because really? you had yeah. so much current when you trolled um, what you did is you sit sort of in that water that you is out away from the bank a bit, but it's still quite fast. But it's not in the middle where you would normally troll, um, and you've just got a little bit more to water on top, and you just troll over. It, and because the water is moving so quick, you can only gradually drive upstream with the boat and the lure swimming the whole time and working really well and bouncing over the snags. It's not a relaxing style of fishing because you've got to be really on top of what you're doing. But yeah. out Barrenbed Weirway, we used to catch – oh, we used to go out there for a camping trip for a couple of nights in the summer on like New Year and we'd get 20 to 30 fish. Like there'd be a lot of smaller fish in that. But we would cast the morning in against the shade and the pockets where they'd be sitting up high and then they would slow right down. So, we would troll. And we get stacks of small fish that had come up and smashed the lures because they had rattles in them. So we're using 90 mil ACs and 70 yeah. mil ACs, and they used to love it. So that's another technique. Were well, you um, were you well using water. were using um an electric motor when you were trolling back then? So we use both depending okay. on the speed of the flow. So I was we were catching them good, with the petrol.
1: Okay, yeah, because I'm gonna say I use sometimes struggle, um, yeah when it's um with my electric motor if if the current's really fast yeah um, so no, struggles to keep up.
0: Yeah, almost ninety percent of the time it was a petrol. Yeah, oh, okay, um, yeah,
1: yeah. And you we didn't, had to didn't find that that it spooked them like it. Well, you would
0: think now. Or no, no, nah, nah, because there's a lot of fish out that way, um, okay. and there's a lot of small fish. And it's a lot dirtier, so it's not, and it's dirtier. Yeah, so the fish it's aren't summer. spooky, and it's probably deeper than and popular. water. Oh, it wasn't overly okay. deep. Like we're only okay. hitting in two and a half, three meters. Oh right, um, right. yeah, yeah, not not overly, but it, sometimes four. But it yep. was a. The fish were used to that sound out there because okay. there was boats around yep. quite a bit and you'd drive up and down the, the, the thing. But you would cast the lure back as far as you could um, yep, without. Okay. That's funny you say
1: that because um, back when I was younger, when Dad used to lead me around, we used to travel with the petrol um, in the clear, low water that we fish these days um, around in my area. And we still used to catch fish um, just as many as we, we would now. So I said, yeah. t- now I'm not really a fan of petrol because it, when it's clear and um, clear and low. I just think it's going to spook everything, but and um, it does, it, it, it does for sure. But but you know, um, back when Dad was leading me around, yeah, we still used to catch fish. So um, yeah, sometimes the petrol can be yeah a bit. Um, it, it can it spooks them, but you know sometimes um, they're used to it, and they and uh, you can still get them with the petrol motor.
0: Yeah, yeah, like in, in I'd only do it in high flows and there's a lot of turbulence when there's a lot going on and when the fish are super hungry and most yeah. of them were smaller fish and i just wanted to mention it because it might be a good technique to just give a crack um in those high flows out on the bidgie and see if it does work um yeah.
1: It would, but it's, it's yeah
0: amazing. as it drops though as soon as you can get the lecky and it's way better you will yeah, catch sure. more so sure. that's, yeah, that's yeah definitely
1: helps
0: but still, give it a crack. So that's your high options versus your low options. And the last question, um, Tal, can you read out the last question from Travis? Right. So
1: he's just wondering about if he wants to talk about deep water fishing at Copeton Dam. Uh, obviously, me and Reece can't relate too much on Copeton, but um, similar to our Dan's fishing deep, what's he saying here? Mainly because the water has been coming up, um, the grass is dying. It seems to be turning the fish away from the flats.
0: What Tal, advice would you give? Oh, we were talking about this just before. We were, yeah. And we have a very interesting thought on this. Um, I'll start it off and yep. just butt in when you want, Tal. Mm-hmm. So in blaring, in winter, we love fishing shallow on the grassy flats as the water rises over them. It, We, we love it. That's yeah. where the big cod sit and we, yeah. we know it because that's where we get them. Now, I know also that you, when you have water over the top of – fresh or live plants or grass, it creates deoxygenated water and then there's no bait there and then there's no fish there. So Copeton's rising at the minute because of the rains we've had which is unreal. Um, So good. And it's been coming up and what's happened is what Travis has said is the grass is dying. It's pushing the fish away from the flats and they're moving deeper. And that's what would be happening. And I think the difference between what's happening here and what we do in winter, because when I read it, I'm like, hang on, the flats, flooded ground, fishes so well down here, and I sort of thought about it. Yeah. We're doing it in winter and the grass obviously isn't burning off underwater very quickly at all. And it and because it continually rises over, there still must be enough oxygen there for cod. But now because this is happening in summer at Copton, it has a totally reverse effect. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, yeah. I've never really thought of it um, the way he's put it. Uh, Like
1: you said, in our dam, it's sort of rising water has just always been good. Um, I've never really thought of rising water being bad. I've always thought it just brought new food to the edge, which it does. Um, So maybe what he's saying there might be rising a bit slower maybe than what it does in blaring. Um, Plus it's it's, summer. That's right, yeah. Because blaring never, ever, ever, ever rises rises in summer summer, because it's regulated. Very true, yeah, so... Um, and even more, just being summer in general could be pushing the fish from the flats. Um, you yeah, know, they do like, have like some like good shallow always.
0: stuff in summer, though. Yeah, Cape true, 10.
1: but but you know, being summer, the edges are going to be hot, which the fish don't like. So yeah, um, that could be another reason why they're not up up on the edges. But um, I yeah. think if it's rising in winter, uh, it's yeah, usually going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah it's funny eh when you think about mm. two different seasons two different things because if you have rising water in spring in a trout lake it's unbelievable oh, fishing yeah. right against the edge yeah and that's it's right. fresh grass that's like it. freshly flooded yeah. ground they will feed so maybe yeah it's a feeding thing maybe the big cod don't sit there and they're not going to sit there anyway in winter and the trout don't sit there anyway either no, because uh, it's right. it's too sunny in the day yeah. Yeah. they just go in there to feed yeah. but being summer you've got this burn off or this deoxygenated water and they are going deep. So, Travis has asked, um, can we talk more on the deep water, deep water fishing fish. at Copton? Yep. Down? Now, yep. I talked about that with Colby in that episode and Travis has probably already listened to that episode um, with Colby. But to fish deep, um, trolling is probably the way to go because you can keep your lure down there. The issue with casting, if you go deeper than 10 meters, is you've got to cast <laughs> And then you lure pendulums its way down and you're on the bottom for a little bit and then it makes its way back up pretty quickly Yeah. and it can be pretty it's, hard to fish. But it the, the key to do it would be to use slim lures. Now, you talked about this in the premiere video. Um, you yes. talked about using slim plastics for yeah, deeper water. I, so,
1: yeah, my favorite is the Western Shad Tees. It's probably the skinniest plastic out there and it, get down, it gets down real quick. So Whenever I'm fishing eight meters plus, I'll go straight to that. Because yep. of its slimline um, profile, it just sinks sinks like a bullet straight yep. down. It's all about, like, you know, for all fish, it's all about being in the strike zone as long as you can. And um, when you're fishing deep, it makes it hard to stay down there for a long period of time. Yep. But if the fish are there and you want to get them casting, um, you can do it. And, um, you know, if, if you're fishing deep, it doesn't mean you're just, you know, just casting the 10 metres and letting it go. You're going to fish from 5 to 12 or whatever it is, so... Um, just cause the fish are holding in 10, you know, tr- you know, you want to work from five metres and then get your lure down there and then try and hold it as much as you can. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of pauses. Pause are a lot. Um, if it's a real steep bank, um, you know, sometimes it's just a hop, hop, bang, cause it's so steep, it'll sink for a metre, stop, bang, on the bottom, Another hot, hop, and just, you know, you just want to hold that bottom as long as you can. And if you can get it right under the boat, then that's perfect, then roll it up and, um, yeah, if you yep. get down there. It's, it's, yeah, like I said, more time in the strike zone, the better.
0: And would you would you resort to like say free spooling it on the initial drop for half of it and then clicking it in, or you I wouldn't would. do that?
1: Yep. I, I, no, I do that um, when I'm fishing deep for sure. Yep. So because cast that it up way it's... to you know not not right to the bank, but you know five meters. Let it free spool, click it over halfway, and then yeah, yeah. It it's takes a bit to master that, but um, if you can get it, it it's works better. So your lure's not um, dragging dragging down and you're missing a bit of bit, bit of cover underneath
0: yeah, the water you, yeah you just don't want to miss that hit now nah. the question i know i have we can't talk about Copton, um but yeah. in terms of fishing deep deep for me would be greater than eight meters it would be it would be eight to eleven meters maybe yeah, um 12, yeah. yeah colby talks about fishing even deeper in his episode i've never caught a fish deeper than 10 meters or nine meters i don't think ever um yeah. It's just not something I do because some fish, you know, get barotrauma and just struggle to get down Um, and I'll try and fish shallower before I fish deeper but obviously, you can resort to deeper but just make sure you've got a release weight if you do fish deeper. I've got a video on YouTube about release weights and I release a yeller with a release weight. If you don't have one or I don't have one, all you need to do is get your tackle back. Everyone should have a tackle back um, which is a big weight, lead weight and about three inches, four inches, maybe a bit more above your tackle back, cut the rope and get a hook, a big stinger hook for a spinnerbait or even a jig head, a stinger hook's better and tie it on upside down. So, the bit you cut that's the short length above your your weight, just tie it onto the eye and then your main bit of, bit of string tie it onto the bend in the hook, flatten the barb, and put it through their bottom lip in the soft stuff and you'll be able to send a fish back to the bottom. So, you just pin it through, take them down easy. They don't need to go down quick, just slow. And this is for fish that float. So, we had an 80-centimeter cod do this to us at Blairing last year. He didn't come from deep. I don't know what happened. He was just bloated as and he just would not go back down. Um, And... Yeah, you just pin it on and just slide them down slowly and just leave them there for a little bit because then what happens is the pressure down there pushes back on their swim bladder and then they'll you know, adjust themselves and they'll be good. If you do it straight away, they'll pop straight back up. So just slide it down, let them sit there for 30 seconds, a minute, give it a little pull and it'll come straight off their lip and the fish should stay down. So it's a handy little tip just to help the survival of fish. Yeah, perfect and Definitely. that is that's the end of our questions I think um,
1: yeah did. Yep, that's seven questions
0: done yep, all that good did. questions they were yeah 100% from. and yeah. we actually went into quite a bit of depth on them and quite yeah. a few different things and that's basically the whole episode uh, we've covered is just it a is. bunch of different listener questions um, and yeah. thanks for sending them all through and we'll probably do episodes like this all the listener questions because you'll just we'll go into depth on a whole heap of different content now that's before right. we finish up Tao. Yeah. Uh, We've got some news for you guys. Now, uh, we were promoted in a couple of podcasts ago the premiere event that we launched. Now, we've done that. That was good fun, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was good. Real good video. Good, good, Different yeah, good fun to do and it got a good response as well. So that's, that's Yeah, exactly.
0: Thing. So, we did the premiere. It was Chris, Talis and myself, uh, the three of us. We sat down. We had some great feedback, went for an hour. We discussed topics we drew diagrams on the whiteboard, showed you guys different casting techniques. And if you watched it, you know, you know all about it. Um, And if you watched it, you would have heard our news at the very end. Now, this is the only place that you will have heard about our new project. So, if you're a listener of the podcast, but you didn't watch the premiere video, um, you would have heard me mention that we had a new project that we've been working on for months and months and months. Now, we are ready to launch this to the world if you did watch the premiere video you would have seen the launch and you would have had the option and the chance to join this new project but now we're opening it up to everyone and anyone can join and what we have created is the social fishing membership it's pretty exciting eh, tal
1: really good yep i'm loving it even now just going onto it uh, checking it out um seeing all the new members come in it's awesome everyone's starting to post content and uh, post photos of fish
0: and yeah it's really starting to take off So, there's a few components to the membership. We've built up – basically, what we want to do is we want to build a big freshwater fishing platform, a big community and help share more content with you guys. So, it's now going to go up. It's not actually up at the minute but it's going to go up on Thursday night. So, we're launching it to everyone. It's going to be available to access on Thursday night. So, Thursday night by 7 o'clock, it will be up. Um, if you had have watched the premiere, you know everything I'm talking about, you probably have had the option or the opportunity to jump on already and you've been there for a couple of weeks. But yeah, if you haven't seen it or haven't heard about it, 7 o'clock Thursday night, it will go live, guys. Now, Tal, it includes quite a variation of content, hey? Awesome. So um, much,
1: yeah. It's unbelievable how much how much is in there. It's awesome. Tell especially the about, SF, SF maps. Yeah. Well, we tell me about.
0: Know. Well, tell the share with the listeners all about the SF maps. Now we I started filming this winter last year. You come up on a couple of trips to Blaring. Yep. Can you basically explain what it is?
1: Oh, it's just a uh, detailed map um, that shows um, it's not not just spots but access and um, yeah where where we th- think is the most productive areas in in all the dams. And yep. uh, we've got Eild, Eildon and Gambia up at the moment. And um, there's plenty more dams to be coming. And, um, yeah, when Rhys showed me um, the work he's done, yeah, I couldn't believe how, um, how, how in-depth de- uh, in and um, how much it would help a beginner um, when you go into a new lake. And um, yeah, exactly. Everyone struggles going to a new lake. You're never going to um, catch fish straight away. But uh, with this, I think um, you'll be certainly in the right direction mm, um, if, if exactly. you go into a new dam. Yeah, so, so it has
0: awesome. what Tal said. It's got access points, shows you where you can camp, um, you know, I've even gone take photos of all the areas, explain yeah, if the camping. So, so many good. photos,
1: drone shots. Like, if you if you want to you know look at a spot and check it out, oh, it's you can pinpoint every snag in the whole dam. So um, yeah, and, and it's if you just got if you're going for a trip and you you know you're going for a few days, get on there and have a look at the photos, do your research. It's just going to help so much um, when you when you start fishing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So area. it's pretty much it's pretty much just a platform that gives you a starting point. So if you don't know where to go, if you don't know where to start on a lake, it explains that you know there's big fish at this end of the lake, there's golden perch down here, this is a productive area to fish here. It's like the maps you've seen before but way more detail with f- images of these points. So, you yeah. can look at it and go, hey, I'd fish a bank like that at home. I'm going to have a look at that point or… You know, it just shows you different key areas. We've also got videos on each area that gives you a video option so you can actually see the area. But what I was talking about, you've got camping, access point, boat ramps, the percentage that the boat ramp runs into the water to, if they're concrete or, or dirt ramps. Uh, we, then we also go into, like I said, your camping, your access, your bank fishing. I've highlighted a few spots that would be more productive than others with bank fishing and they all have photos with them if there's toilet blocks there you know, all the different rules and then obviously all the fishing content on the water plus the maps have reports. So, we've got local anglers writing reports every two weeks. Currently though, with the whole virus thing, we've put them on hold until we can all fish again but there's two weeks, every two weeks there's reports that go up explaining right then and there, you know, this is what's going on. I went up here, we caught this, we did this because a lot of the reports hey in print stuff is old that's what yeah, i found for, for sure. Yeah, but this is going to be live and um, recent. So if
1: you go into the dam, bang, jump on, check the report. This is what's happening now, and i the use techniques the the, um, the locals are using. Yeah, and then and, if messing- my favorite thing is um, just the the community. So like, if you even if you have a story, um, you can post um, story photos, and everyone can comment, and um, it's sort of like um, nearly like Instagram, Facebook sort of thing. And um, yes. so if if someone goes to a dam and catches something. You can say, oh, you know, they're they're on there. Let's let's go for a trip up there this weekend. And then, if if you have some success, you can share it. And even if you don't have success, um, still just say, you know, you had a tough trip. You tried this, and people um, can learn off that, and they won't make the same mistakes. Yeah, sort of exactly. Thing. And the fact that that's my that favorite part.
0: There's a, yeah, there's a group of people that are happy to share. That's, that's the it. whole point of it and it's it's a closed environment. It's only for members and that's we're right, all there yeah. to help each other. So like Tal said, it's just as important to share the trips that you don't catch fish on.
1: So it's not like it's um, everyone's in there. It's, it's only the selected few that um, that want to be a part of it. So um, yeah, we're all there to help each other and um, yeah, I think the more people we get, the better we'll get and um, there's going to be a lot of information that's going to build up um, over the next year or so in the
0: membership and another thing we also are answering questions so if you've sent me a message on Instagram or Facebook and I haven't replied I am very sorry but from now on we are dedicated to our members and if you have a question I will come back to you with a detailed answer if you need help with anything fishing a spot help with you know planning a trip or some gear that you're getting whatever it is message the team you can message myself yep. Talus, anyone in the team yep. we're there to help you out we'll plus So yeah yeah and plus, there's so much more. I'll talk about it in, in podcasts coming. There's there's tons of stuff. There's a magazine that we've just launched that has videos and article content. There's the guides, the SF guides. For example, one there is on moon phases. Another one's on hooks, uh, treble hooks, what kind of treble hooks for what size lures there's just tons of stuff but go check it out for yourself. Jump on the social fishing website, click on store, the button that says store and right at the top you will see all the information about the SF membership. Check it out and give it a look. Um, it's going to be big and that is our new project that we've been talking about in the podcast that we were going to launch for quite some time and I'm super excited, Tal, because it's finally here. Yeah, it's
1: here and um, it's um, yeah, got off to a pretty good start too. So, um, yeah, like I said, the more people that get in there, I reckon the better it will get. Um, and, the more, and the more people that get in the more it's going to help us to do what, um, more, give more information and do more articles and videos and stuff. So, yeah, yes. it's, uh, it's going to be big, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people and a lot of people don't realize, and a lot of people out there do, a lot of you guys realize how much effort all this stuff takes but then, you know, there's only so much we can create in our spare time. It's like right. we've been building social fishing for five or six years and, and Tal knows how much time I spend on a computer not yeah. fishing <laughs> That's not right. actually fishing That's it. Yep. So yeah, so I could do a lot more fishing, but I spend a lot of time trying to create as much content to share with people and and it and it does take time, but with support like through this membership, we're gonna provide you with as much content and as much help to get you guys out there fishing, so yeah, it's gonna be super team. exciting That's yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's right. So make sure you guys check it out. Now, Tao, thanks for that app. We had no a bit of plan for some stories and a few other things, Ooh, yeah, but we yeah. filled that we filled that well, ride up with those yeah, questions. They of, were good questions. They were.
1: They were. I sort of had a bit of a feeling that they might have got, got a bit out of hand. Every time we start talking, we sort of go into to a bit more depth than we like, but I don't think that's a bad thing.
0: No, no, not at all. No, we've got a it. new we've got a new episode next week, so you know more content yeah, for next no, week. That's
1: right. Yeah, we can talk, You can talk fishing all day. So that's the best
0: thing about it. Exactly, and make sure you guys send us through what you want us to talk about. Um, If you have, we we are getting them. Yeah. Everyone who sure. is sending messages through that say, hey, can you interview this person? Hey, can you talk about this? I'm reading every single one and we're making notes of it. So, they will come. Um, we will get them. But if you have ideas, send them through. Um, even if we're thinking of doing in the future just a stories episode, uh, we will touch yeah. on some of our previous trips and stories. And we kind of got into a couple today. Hey, when oh, we yeah, trip well, our memory. Well,
1: whenever you talk about fish and stories seem to pop up. So, I'm sure in, especially because we're fished a lot together, every time we talk, stories are going to pop up and... Um, yeah you know, it's always good talking about fishing memories so um, if people yeah. are enjoying them just let us know and we'll um, keep the stories coming
0: yeah, good stuff. All right, Tal, mate, I appreciate it. Um, no I'll let you jump off, and uh, I'll go pack all this gear up and put this podcast up, so everyone will be able to hear it. But yeah, I really, I really appreciate you um, jumping in and doing this over Skype, which was really weird that's to have right. you on the end of Skype. But, yeah, that's um, a bit,
1: it's a bit different, but that saves the drive anyway. Um, yeah, it saves, saves, our safety. So
0: <laughs> yeah, COVID nineteen life it. for
1: the next few months. Yeah, I yeah. Think. that's right. Yeah, that's all right. Got to be done. All right, mate. Yeah. I
0: appreciate it. I'll no talk to you all. soon. Will do. All right, see ya. Thanks, Dal. Now, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast done and dusted. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure you let us know. And make sure you, you hit us up and let us know if you actually enjoy a Episode full of the listener questions, and I think we're going to do this from now on. Instead of having the listener questions at the start of some of the episodes, we'll save them till we have enough for a full episode and do one episode with just listener questions. We may do this, or we may do it the other way, we might even mix it up. But let me know if you enjoyed this episode where we touched on a whole range of different topics, answering all. All your questions. Now, if you have a question, you could submit a question to us. It's super easy. All you have to do is sign up to a free social fishing account. So jump on socialfishing.com.au, sign up for a free account. You'll get access to the Freshwater Mini Series, which is a totally free series. It goes for over an hour, teaches you how to catch Murray Cod and Trout and Golden Perch. Uh, The Golden Perch part is still coming currently but we will get it up soon Uh, but sign up to that free account and in there you can submit listener questions to us to answer in this podcast. So if you submit them there they come directly to us and I read every single one of them and we'll put those questions into this podcast and also if you have people that you want us to talk to or want us to interview send them through and if you have sent them through we get them, I have received them all so thank you very very much and we are getting in contact with just with as many of those people as we possibly can to do some awesome episodes for you guys. Now, as I mentioned at the end of this episode with Tal, the SF membership is going up on Thursday night. Around 7 o'clock, it should be up. You should be able to access the SF membership and it has a lot of content. We only just brushed on it in that little chat with Tal there Um, and like I said, Tal was absolutely blown away when I first ran through it with him now. There's the key things like the SF maps, which basically gives you guides to boat ramps, access points, key fishing spots on lakes. So it gives you a sort of a background and a starting point and gives you a bit of confidence when you visit a lake so that you know you're fishing in the right area or that you're using the right lures you know, for your target species. There's also video content and article content that will go up for every single lake or dam that we have on the maps. The SF membership has a community, so inside the community we want you guys to share content and we will share stuff you can talk to people you can message us and there's a whole community inside there which is really really awesome because there's nothing better than everyone sharing content and talking and sharing their experiences so that's all in there and then there's other things as I mentioned like the SF guides the SF buying guide which is really really cool we've got a weekly fishing prediction we will give you a prediction week in week out and there's the SF magazine we're gonna grow it it's gonna get big if you guys love the content that we create If you love learning from what we create, make sure you jump on and check it out. It's the Social Fishing membership. It will be available this Thursday night at about 7 o'clock. So make sure you jump on socialfishing.com.au, click on the button that says store, visit the store and at the very top of the store you will be able to access that membership guys thank you very much for listening once again as always leave a comment and review on any of the podcast apps that you listen to this on we are it's available to listen to on all the good podcast apps and you can also listen to this podcast straight from our website you just go to socialfishing.com.au scroll down or in the top menu bar hit podcast and then you'll get all the available episodes this is episode 32 so We have 31 other really awesome episodes and if you've only just found out about, it, about this podcast, make sure you go look through and see if any of the other episodes interest you because we have quite a lot of content there. If you have any topics you'd like us to talk about, make sure you send them through, especially in this tough time. Yeah, you know we're going through this cabin fever of being stuck inside and we're obviously not going to produce podcasts on what you want to do out there now but we can talk about any topic anything just to get you G'd up even if it's just stories I'm, I'm thinking of possibly doing an episode in the next couple of weeks just telling stories and and relaying information from what we learn on trips and things like that we'll also continue to interview anglers top anglers to learn as much as we can about other anglers and what they do and we will talk about some specific topics. So, if you would like us to talk about a specific topic, something you're interested in but want to know more about, make sure you send us through, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or via email, which is probably the best option email at admin at au or you can send us an email on the contact form on our website. Guys, thank you for tuning into another episode. Thank you always for your support. The more support we get, the better, and the more content we can create for you guys. I know you guys love this podcast so keep supporting us, keep sharing it with your mates and your support is going a long way to helping us create as much content as we can. Thanks for tuning in to episode 32 guys. I want to thank Talos again for helping me put this episode together and I'll be talking to you in a future episode guys so stay safe at home, uh, stay virus free. If you can get out for a little bit of a fish on a spot that's away from anglers, do so. But I recommend, like I am myself, staying home. So, guys, make sure you do that. Uh, Stay away, stay healthy, and I'll be talking to you in the next podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, to the Social Fishing Podcast.